eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, December 21st. And we're recording this at four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Looks like we're going to get a stimulus, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe it. An additional $900 billion. Here's what we know so far at this moment. Another round of non-taxable direct payments of $600 for individuals with income. That includes wages, social security, and or pension. You got to earn under 75 grand as an individual, right? An individual. 150 grand married filing jointly. The amount's going to probably phase out. We don't actually have those numbers, but it was up to 99,000 for individuals in the last round, 198 for married filing jointly. There's going to be another $330 billion or so for that paycheck protection program for small businesses. And remember those extra $600 per week checks that you got if you were unemployed, that federal extra benefit? Well, it's going to be $300 per week, and it will last for an additional 11 weeks, at least through March 14th. We're also seeing an extension for that time, that 11 weeks for uh, assistance for contract and gig workers. There's going to be Aid for vaccine distribution in schools, about $80 billion. Assistance for transportation, some money for airlines to get some of those furloughed workers back on the payrolls and public transit systems. There was no specific mention at this time of an extension of eviction moratorium and home loan forbearance for federally backed mortgages, but I assume that's going to be built into the package as well. So that's what we know, at least at 4 p.m. on Sunday. If you have a question, shoot us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. Ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. And uh, Debbie writes, talk about being grateful. Wait to hear this message, gang. My husband of 41 years lost his battle with colon cancer in September. Oh, God. Debbie, I am so sorry. God, awful, awful, awful. Okay, now here comes Debbie's question. She says, I am the recipient of the husband's life insurance policy. It's uh, $250,000. She writes, I have not done anything with it yet. It's sitting on top of my refrigerator as we speak. It's so weird, right? Sometimes it's so hard to do something. Boy, does that make everything even more real. Debbie recently turned 65. She says, my understanding is that I am not eligible for his social security until December of 2021. She reaches full retirement age February 2022. Okay, her source of income right now, only source, annual salary, 
It's just under $56,000. And she says, I plan to keep working for at least another three or four years. Good. 401k plan has approximately $600,000. And she says, I have no mortgage, no debt, except for my American Express card, which I use to pay funeral expenses. If I'm very careful, I believe I can manage my home utility bills, car, everything. Um, but it doesn't leave me with much wiggle room. How should I invest the 250000 Warmest regards, Debbie. Okay, so I'm interested, you know, right now in terms of when you talk about a lot of the bills, I think what would be helpful would be to look at the actual numbers because the investing of the 250 is going to be predicated on what is the need going forward, right? So we need to understand how much you actually are spending. And if, you know, between now and a year from now, when you can collect your husband's social security, um, there's probably going to be a little bit heavier need to spend some of that 250. So I think of it in terms of some, the phases that you're about to look at. So you've got the one year, one year until you collect social security. Then you have until you retire. Then we need to figure out, you know, your your actual salary, which you said could cover it. I'm sure the salary plus his social security would be fine for you. But you'd want to keep a little liquidity kicking around a little bit. I think you'd want to have a little extra money on hand. And then the question is with the 250, you would want to sort of come up with a game plan that would work in conjunction with that 401k that would contemplate what does your actual retirement look like, right? So if you're say, hmm, let's call it 70 years old by the time you retire, we need to say, what must the 600, let's call it maybe 200 of the 250, what does that look like? And maybe it's going to be less than than 200 because if you had to use a credit card to pay your funeral bills, that tells me you don't have an emergency reserve fund. So I think what you want to do, you know, pay off the Amex bill, you want to have an adequate emergency reserve fund. And so whatever it is your household spending is, I think that you should look at... I would say two years of money in the bank, two years of your expenses in the bank. The rest of it could be part of an overall investment strategy. Um, I think it would be maybe slightly less risky than the 401k plan. If you're feeling a little bit at, at odds with sort of how to start this process, it could be worth talking to somebody about developing a game plan with you, if that would make you feel better. I often think that doing these things on your own, especially after having a, a loss like you have just had, can be dangerous. But if you feel comfortable doing it yourself, then it would be a balanced portfolio, probably similar to what you have in your 401k. And if you feel uncertain and you want someone to run retirement numbers, then it's time to get some financial help. But I think that, you know... I really want you to to look hard at whether or not it makes sense for you to invest a good chunk of this money or whether it should be really uh, very conservative, maybe for the next few years until you are retired, you need a little extra cushion. Let's see how things go. If you want to follow up with me, please feel free. Um, I'm, again, so sorry for your loss. Mm. Dan writes... Hi, Jill and Mark. I love listening to you guys. I appreciate the advice you've been providing. Here's a quick question. 
my employer now offers a Roth 401k option along with a traditional 401k. Should I use the Roth next year? A little more about myself. My wife and I are both 51, four kids. They've got combined salary of around two to $300,000 annually, depends on his bonus. He says we have about 1.6 million in two traditional 401ks, 1.2 in mine, 400 in my wife's. Both are invested in index funds. We max them annually. We max out our IRAs and we have done the backdoor option to Roths for the past few years. Okay, sounds good. They got another 200 grand in after-tax brokerage account at Schwab Index Funds. They put 600 bucks a month into that. One of our kids is through college and off the payroll and then in parens, yay. Second is almost there. Our next two are in high school. We've got 529 plans, got about 60 grand or so in each. And they've got about 250 grand in cash. And he says, that's probably more than we need, but I have weddings to think about. What do you think? Switch to the Roth 401k next year? Uh, I will say absolutely positively yes. I know that there is a case that you might say, oh no, I shouldn't do that because I like my tax deduction. But, you know, right now as tax law stands, you're in the 24% tax bracket. And I think that um, you have a ton of money that's already saved in the traditional. And it would behoove you to really use the Roth as much as you possibly can, because you want to have some money that has already been taxed. And so I would definitely do it. And remember, gang, you know, the instead of doing the whole backdoor Roth, this is a lot easier because if you have a Roth option through work, you're not actually phased out for uh, a Roth IRA. So you can just put the money in. So for you guys, it's really easy. You could put your $19,500 post-tax and you can make your $6,500 catch-up contribution. You can put twenty-six grand in the Roth. So I say yes to the Roth and congratulations on almost being halfway done. Not all the way there. Sorry, Dan. Ugh. You breeders, you're just gluttons. Okay. Lawrence says, I just freed up $60,000 from a expired CD, meaning a maturing. What should I do with it? I parked it temporarily in a quote, high interest savings account. Stock market is crazy high. What should I do? Lawrence, if I knew what to do, come on. I don't know. I don't know where the market's going. So did you have this money in a CD because you really don't like risk? If you still don't like risk, then keep it there, you know, and, and, you know, keep your money on hand and go to depositaccounts.com and find yourself, uh, you know, a 0.6% high interest account. However, if you are thinking that this is long-term money and you really maybe already have a bunch of money that's safe, and maybe this was just money that was, you know, popped into a CD when you didn't know what else to do with it, then you can add it to an overall game plan. You know, I found it interesting, Mark. I don't know if you thought so, but this did really jog my mind when we had Michael Goodman on the show last weekend and he was talking about uh, some year-end planning. I thought it was interesting when he was talking about paying down mortgage debt. And here's an example where maybe paying down mortgage debt would make sense. Because if Lawrence has 60 grand and it's earning 0.5%. And even if he has a really cheap mortgage, a three or a three and a quarter percent mortgage, if he's just going to renew that in a lower interest product and he's really not comfortable 
taking risk, then maybe taking $60,000 from a CD and paying down mortgage debt, maybe that does make sense. So there's the case. People say, when it's 99% of the time you say, don't do it. Well, maybe this is a time where you could do it. So we'd have to know a little more about you, Lawrence, but there's a couple of ideas. Justin writes, my government employer offers a 401k and a 457. He says he maxes the 401k with two-thirds pre-tax, one-third Roth, okay? He also has a pension. And pending something crazy happening, such as an even worse pandemic, poo, 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 don't say such a thing, uh, he's not going to plan on leaving the government job. 35 years old. He'll have 10 years at his employer next year. When he started contributing to retirement, he used the 401k. It was familiar to me, but I've Come to read a bit, and it seems as if the 457 has more flexibility for early withdrawals. My pension formula maxes out when I hit 60, but I think that around 55, I might want to be done working. We'll wait to file for retirement until I hit that magic 60. And to relax a bit, I've got some chronic health issues that are currently under control. Would a 457 allow me to withdraw funds to bridge the five-year gap with no penalty other than income taxes? If I were to separate from my employer at age 55, um, if that's the case, I'm considering splitting my contributions between each retirement vehicle to allow me to bridge those years while still having 401k funds to supplement my pension. The additional fees are minimal per month and your thoughts or other advice of what to start doing now in order to be able to bridge that gap. Justin, this is a great question. Because I think this is, first of all, from a 35-year-old, I might add. <laughs> I mean, this is a really interesting because often, you know, when we talk about people who are doing their financial planning and we talk about what should you be doing, right? Should I use a Roth? Should I use a traditional? So these 457 plans are usually offered through federal, state, and some municipal municipalities. Okay. So 457 plans are very similar to 401ks, but obviously they're for state, local, public workers. So what happens here is that you are able to access the money in a 457 without penalty, right? Normally, if it's a 401k, you're under 59 and a half, then there's that 10% penalty. Mark makes a great point, And he says, look, if you're going to do this, and I agree, You've got to keep the plan there. You can't be rolling this over to an IRA because then you lose that flexibility. So I think what you're saying is you'll do 401k, 457, and Roth 401k, and maybe um, a third, a third, a third, which seems fine. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how much you make, so I don't want to offer too much guidance, but I might just use the Roth 401k and the 457 and make it a half and half split of the money that's available. That's just my two cents. I mean, it would really be dependent on how much money you are earning, what is your tax bracket today. Of course, because you're going to have a pension, you're going to stay in a fairly high tax bracket anyway. Okay? All right. Here we go. This is from Arlene, who is a 62-year-old widow. She writes, I own my own house, which is paid for. It's worth three hundred twenty grand. I don't have any debt. I've got $1.5 million in investment accounts and in an IRA. Very good. I started receiving Social Security at $650 a month, and I live on investment income of looks like $4,400 a month. I've been thinking and looking for a lake house at a popular lake one and a half hours away from my home. At this point, I have not found anything I like and would fit my family's needs. 
The prices are much higher now than they were in the past. I applied for a home equity line of credit from the major bank that we've been banking with for over 20 years, and it was for $150,000, and it was declined because they said I didn't have enough monthly income. Hmm. Okay, now I'm concerned if I do find something, I won't be able to get a mortgage. My budget for the house is $250,000 to $300,000. Thank you. Maybe it's a pipe dream. You know, this is such a hard one because I know I hate to tell people, you know, I hate to be buzzkill Jill, but I'm going to be it right now. You No, don't do this. Go rent something. Go rent something on the lake for a little bit. Do that for a couple of years and then tell me how you're doing. I think it's a bad idea to leverage your current home. I think it's a bad idea to pull money out of your investment accounts. Be a renter for a couple of years. Tell me how that goes. And if you're talking about this, you know, it's funny, you mentioned the family. If everyone wants to chip in and do it, great. I don't think you have enough money just to blow 300 grand on a house, on a second home. So, okay, guys, I know it sucks to be me. I'm the one who's dashing your dreams. I don't mean to. I just think there's, look, you can go rent a house. Go rent a house. It'll be perfect. You'll be very happy you just have rented. Leave it alone. No problem. Okay? I think that works. There's nothing wrong with being a renter. And certainly if you haven't found anything and prices are really high, I mean, this is like that weird COVID real estate market. I don't know where things are going to shake out, but for the time being, I would not, I would not chase anything higher. I let a house go nearby me because I just said, this is nuts. They're going to pay that dumb amount of money. I'm not doing it. Just not. It was was actually a very easy decision. It was very freeing and it made me feel very comfortable about all the money that was not being spent. (laughs) All right. That is it. That's the program. If you would like to join us on the show, all you have to do is email us, askjill at jillonmoney.com. That's askjill at jillonmoney.com. And if you're on our website where there's tons of resources, Mark does an amazing job of, of really pulling stuff together. Um, you can just hit the contact button, send us your question and say, I want to come on the air with you. So here we are. It's, uh, I know it's Christmas week. It's a very weird time for everyone. Let's be nice to each other. Be sure to wash your hands, to wear your masks, to maintain your physical distancing and try to lift somebody up today. I know you'll feel better and I know that person will feel better. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.